Welcome, everybody, to Conversations with Authentic Leaders podcast. My name is David Irvin, and I'm the host for this podcast, and I want to welcome everybody. As those of you who have been listening to these podcasts or know me personally know that I'm passionate about leadership, I'm passionate about learning about leadership and about how leaders actually make an influence. Where does that capacity to influence others come from? And then once we tap into that capacity, how do we amplify that ability to make a difference in the world? And it, to me, it's all about impact. And uh, I, uh, you know, I meet some incredible authentic leaders in my work. I feel so blessed because I, you know, I, I get paid to make a contribution and make a difference in organizations and with leaders. But uh, in the process, it just comes back that uh, I meet some just an ama- some amazing leaders who are really, really making a difference. And uh, my purpose of these podcasts is to shine a light on these leaders in an effort uh, that we can that we can get, glean from their experience. As I shine a light on on the stories and the experiences and the philosophy and the approach of some great leaders, uh, I hope that uh, all of us will be inspired. And it is my privilege today. Uh, I'm honored to have a, 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 an amazing guest, Linda Mall, who is the chief disruptor of an, of an executive coaching firm called Accountability by Design. And she works, her firm works out of Edmonton. I had the good fortune to make a presentation about accountability to her clients uh, in, a couple of weeks ago in Edmonton. And I'll tell you, Linda inspired me, and she just absolutely earned my respect by by the way that she works with her clients. She has tough conversations. I, the way I look at it is, is Linda holds leaders accountable so that they can hold their leaders accountable. And it's, it's, a, it's really being an accountability partner, but in such an engaging, passionate, uh, human way. Um, you know, we have an experienced leader, a seasoned coach, on the call with us today, who aren't, who she, you know, Linda is not afraid to ask those tough questions and get to the root issues of what blocks people from being accountable to create what really matters in their life and their, and the businesses, and their businesses is really a tool to create what really matters. So, Linda, thank you for joining us today on this podcast, Conversations with Authentic Leaders. Well, thank you, David. I'm delighted to be here, and I hope I can live up to that introduction. <laughs> oh, you will. this conversation. I'm sitting here feeling pretty humble, but um, I share your passion with working with leaders who I also learn from every day. And so I think we have much in common. And that makes it easy to be successful. Well, I have to tell you, I get so often I get asked to come and make presentations about accountability. And, you know, people honestly would probably rather talk about accountability, uh, accountability than to be accountable. And what I, love about you, what I loved about the work that I did with your clients is that it wasn't just words. I was expressing something so that they could further the journey that they were taking with you. It wasn't just an inspiring day where they could go back and... And, uh, and be inspired in their workplace. You put them to work. And, and I, I got them on a journey 
it wasn't the first part of their journey, but it was an ongoing journey that you have with your clients and that I could just hopefully enhance that journey so that you could continue on with them. So you followed up with them and uh, you continued on. So it was, it just made my, it just, it, it really um, gave a grip, if you will, uh, to the words that I was doing, to, that I was expressing that day. It was wonderful. And the, the best part, David, is that because of hearing a different perspective, which I think is important for all of us to hear similar messages through different voices and different perspectives, they, they are achieving some amazing results as a result of that day. And so I get to celebrate those results with each of them and to share that with you sometimes too. So that's the beauty of the work that we do is the celebration part. That's the nectar for growth, right? Well, it was such an enriching day for me and to just be a part of your community of leaders that you're building there in Edmonton and beyond. Yeah, thank you. We've attracted some pretty amazing people. Well, on that note, why don't you just tell me your picture of your firm and tell us about yourself and what your leadership role is there and a little bit more about your vision and passion and what you really see yourself doing with these, with these leaders. Great question. And, and I'm going to start with the end and work backwards because I think that for all of us, knowing why we're here and what our purpose is, can, will define our work for us if, if we're looking to do work that we're passionate about. And so my mission in life has always been to touch two million people before I check out. And, and I think throughout my career, I've always attracted roles that have allowed me to positively influence others. And my vision really is that if I can influence one person a day and they can influence one person a day, then our world might be a better place by the time my time is up. And that's my dream. I feel like our world overall is in a nasty place. And... So every time I can positively touch another person's lives, I feel like I'm throwing a pebble into the ocean and, and the ripple effect of that pebble will impact our whole world. And in fact, the Living and Leading Accountably team that I'm a part of, we have uh, what we call a joy fest where we bring people who celebrate joy and who influence others positively together so that it makes a difference in the world. So from a business perspective, I've been an entrepreneur forever. This is my third business. And every single business has been about touching lives positively, specifically leaders, helping them to be better leaders. And I personally bring some scars from leadership. So I've been in sales, in operations. I've been on the marketing side. I've been in just about every area of business there can be. And I've learned a lot of lessons along the way. 
And I love to share those lessons with others, and I love to disrupt a leader's thinking when I see them stuck, when I hear them really um, sabotaging their own success because they can't get past a barrier or uh, an assumption, uh, a sticky point that's keeping them where they are. So when they get beyond that and see success for themselves, again, I get to celebrate with them. So doing that work through accountability by design looks like or is always about coaching leaders to hold themselves accountable, to really look at how are they showing up, what's their role in any given situation, and then often to help them hold others accountable to their commitments to their teams. So modeling that accountability and teaching that accountability to their team. And most of our clients are probably medium-sized businesses. All of them, for some reason, are share the commonality that they're hungry to learn. That's been where the joy comes from me. What I was inspired by in working with your clients is that accountability for you, and I love this notion of having it be by design. Um, it's not something by accident. You know, it's not no. by default. No. It's real by really by it's design. And, and it's not just your your approach to the whole work of accountability isn't just a check the box performance management. KPI mentality. It's an engaged in their life. And I love this notion that you're not, you know, it's so much easier to see a lack of accountability in other people than it is in ourselves. And I love this notion that you're starting with holding themselves accountable and really making sure that's in place first before you can even begin to foster a culture of accountability. Well, I'm I'm smiling at this end because I think, how can I be authentic as a leader trying to hold other people accountable if I'm not listening it? I mean, there's quite a connection there, so to speak. It's so obvious, I, but it's something that we sometimes can miss. Exactly. And it is difficult. It's difficult for all of us. So, I mean, accountability is an easy word to say. It is difficult to live consistently because there are so many other things that interrupt our initial commitment to somebody. And unless we do it with intention, it doesn't happen. And and I live that as much as every leader I coach. I have seen this through my, throughout my whole career. And as you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big accountability guy. What is your observation about why it's so difficult to to follow through on our agreements with each other? It's interesting. I think, and I think it's difficult. I guess there's another question attached to that. Why is it difficult in some relationships more than another? And so, for some reason, we put more weight on living accountably to others than we do to ourselves even. So 
For instance, a senior leader in the C-suite often puts more accountability or more, um, what's the word I'm looking for, more commitment to the board of directors than they do to their own team. Hmm. Because there's more power there. And so sometimes power plays in where we hold our accountability. And, and if we are, I think most leaders today are very aware of time. So it feels like technology has really sped up our communication, our expectations, our capacity, everything. And I think that when they become overwhelmed, when any leader becomes overwhelmed, they start unconsciously choosing who they'll remain accountable to without consciously thinking, what are my commitments and how do I make that happen? It's an interesting um, way of leading, but but I see it happen often where a leader will not meet a commitment to their team because they have a commitment to their whoever they report to or to a client externally. Linda, can you express how you move them past that? I'm going to call it a logjam. So that's a big question because I think it's different for different people, but we use a model that we call results model, and it's about looking at relationships first of all, and are you, are you really fueling the relationships you need to fuel to be successful, and what are the consequences of not meeting your commitments to this individual, no matter where they are? in the organization or externally, any of your stakeholders. What's the consequence of not living to your commitment? What's the consequence of in the relationship itself? We talk about setting clear expectations because often we accept it, we accept accountability for something that we're not clear about. So what if we just agree to? What's the timeline? What are the deliverables, etc.? And and just as often when we ask someone else to be accountable, we're not clear about expectations, and and they don't ask to gain that clarity. So there's that clarity of expectations that more often than not has been overlooked. Um, we talk about success. How will you recognize success? How will you measure success? How will you celebrate success? We talk about understanding. So clear understanding of why we're doing this. Why, why are we doing this work anyway? And I think that question begs to be asked more often than not because we do things because we've been asked to, not because we understand the why. Um, so we talk about learning and where's the learning in any situation. So if you didn't meet your commitment, what have you learned along the process? What do you need to change? 
what needs to happen so that the next time you will honor that commitment. And we talk about the trust issue, which is something you also are passionate and talk about often. And and when tr- what happens if you have destroyed the trust? with any of your stakeholders what's what are the consequences and that feeds right back to their relationships and so what how do you sustain the the organization how do you sustain the work you're doing if you're not living that results model and often the issue or the challenge is in either the relationship or expectations part of that model. Yes, it sounds like a big part of what you do is just slow people down and clarify those agreements and really define for each other the understanding of what we expect from each other in the accountability process. It, You know, I don't know that there's anything new here, but it's um, it's it, in, even in my work, it's 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 common sense that's just not so common because, in part, I think because we're so busy, we just uh, we just don't stop and pay attention. It's like safety; we don't stop and really attend to the agreements that we have with each other. Would you word that in any other way? Oh, I wish I had said that so articulately. I think I think you are absolutely right. It is about slowing down. And and leaders today don't take time to reflect. They just move forward. And I said to you before we came on the call today, I have not looked back on my journey, on my authentic leadership journey for a very long time. And I thank you for the opportunity to sit and reflect on that. And I think that reflection for all of us is an imperative part of our growth. So I think slowing it down is the biggest part of accountability, for sure. Well, it's a great segue into the next part of my conversation with you, Linda. And one of the things that I noticed is a huge degree of trust that you had with the people in that room that day. And I always say it's a combination, an integration, if you will, between being accountable, you obviously show up and do what you say you're going to do and are and exhibit accountability in order to build that trust. But I also say that you have to be authentic. you got to be the real deal today. People just simply are not going to trust people that are not real. And it's, it's such a challenge for me to articulate what that authenticity is. So what I'd like to, to move to is to talk about what does, just to ask you, where has, because, it, you know, you epitomize authenticity. You, you live that value so well. I always say it's a lot like beauty. You know when it's there, but it's so difficult to describe, well, what makes something beautiful? What makes a person authentic? So I would love to get your take on authenticity because you live it every day. And, and you and I would not be in business together and we would not be having this conversation if we were not aligned around our value of authenticity. And then I'd, like, I'd love to explore how you came to be authentic. What, is your, what were some of your defining moments that made you who you are today? But let's start with just 
some of your thinking about authenticity? I love the questions, and and I think it's a a three-hour conversation rather than a short one. But I think um, I thank you for recognizing that I try to live authentically. I'm not sure that I do it consistently, 100% of the time. I'm not sure that's possible. But I, I do, my intention is always to be authentic, to be present in life so that I'm living my best at ease. And so it's at ease. And I think it's hard to describe authenticity because it is such a very personal journey. An authentic leadership journey for me will be different than yours. I think you and I have common values and it still will be different than yours. And I think it is because of that uniqueness that that it has such richness. But I also think there's some commonality. So for me, I think that um, showing up as an authentic leader means that you are self-aware. So you, you really do take the time to hold up the mirror and say, who the heck am I? And what, where are my warts? <laughs> and what are my strengths? And how do I contribute to any given situation at any given time? Because I am always a part of the problem and I'm, I can be a part of the solution if I choose. And so that self-awareness is such an important piece. I think it's hard for me to get my head around a definition, but I, I think it also is being able to say I screwed up, to be able to say this was really difficult for me, or to say I felt really anxious as I was getting ready for this. So to be vulnerable to others so that they can be vulnerable to you. Because without that transparency, we, we don't have complete honesty. And without honesty, we don't have trust. And so it, it's a big, vicious circle. And I think it's also about living to your principles or values, whatever you want to call them. So. You know, I have a set of values that I keep right above my desk that help me make decisions every day. So, and one of them that's not often on anybody else's list is I need to have joy. If I don't have joy in the work I do, I'm not doing it. And so that is a, it's a criteria, it's a decision-making tool for me. And then, then I, I know that when I show up to do whatever that work is, I'm living authentically. So having that set of principles or values that guide your decision-making, I think, is important. And I think um, coming from a, a balanced heart-and-head perspective, so... This morning I was coaching a client who only sees um, decisions from 
a logical perspective, very black and white, and does not consider the human element in the equation at all. And I think, well, at least authentically for me, you need to show up with both your heart and your head. And, and I think above all, and it's actually very similar to ethical leadership, I think you have to do the right thing as they say, even when no one's watching, I think you need to live ethically to your standards, to your values, to your um, non-negotiables. And if you do those things every day, you're living authentically, I think. What's your definition? Well, I just want to explore a little bit more about your values because I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here and thinking how uh, incredible it is that you've got these values that form a framework to make decisions about who you work with and I'm thinking boy I could benefit from my own list because how many times I'm, I'm just sitting here thinking how much how many times I have taken work not because I, I'm conscious of my values other than I'm just nervous and scared that I don't want to have space in my calendar and so I'm just I, I just want to guilty. fill it up yeah <laughs> so would yeah. you share yeah. would you share with me and our listeners what your values are how you uh, how you, what what defines um your what is your framework for making decisions about who you work with and the kind of work you do it's pretty easy um, the, at the very top of the list is joy. Will I experience joy doing this work? Will it fuel my passion? Will this individual I'm working with also feel that joy and experience um, that feeling of joy as a result of the work we do together? So that's extremely important to me and that's absolutely at the top of the list and I know that to be a very um, important tool because when I don't consider the joy when I know there's a bit of an edge or there's not alignment for in any way when I step in I am always sorry after I'm, it always feels like work. And I don't want coaching to feel like work or, or, or group coaching. I want it to feel joyful. I want it to be fun. Relationships are important to me. I, I would not be where I am in life without relationships. And, and relationships mean a values alignment. So if there's not a values alignment, if there's something that happens in the conversation with that potential client that says to me, no, that does not align with my values, then the answer is no, I'm not the right fit. Because we will be bumping heads as we move forward. I want to live my values while I work. And that's the only way I can have a relationship. 
with my clients. And I do. I have long-term relationships with my clients. And I value that more than the work. I value the relationships the most. So that's the second. The third would be collaboration. So I don't get any joy from working alone. I, I love what happened at that leadership day with you. I love that my clients enjoyed listening and found value from you. I, I get excited now as I get, as I do the follow-up and I hear the results they're achieving because they listen to somebody else who I have respect for. And so that collaboration is so very important to me because I think, I believe there's enough work for everybody. And I believe that when we collaborate, we bring a richness to our clients that doesn't exist when it's just one person. And I love to collaborate with my clients. So I don't have a, I don't have a project plan when I go, when I'm marketing. I respond to what they need. And if it doesn't fit the kind of work I can do, then I'm quite happy to pass it on to someone else and say thank you, but that's not, that doesn't have my name on it. And so then I can, I, I am fueling collaboration because I'm passing that work on to other people or passing names on to my existing clients. So again, it's a collaborative, I just love the power of collaboration. Respect is high on the list. And respect is how they treat their teams internally, not just how they treat me. It's more about how they treat their internal customers and how they speak with each other. And if there, if there is a caring environment, and I actually just recently was back reading another chapter in your caring book and thought, if we could live what you talk about in your caring book, we would be so much happier at work. We'd just be so much more successful. And so that respect and caring is just top of the list, too. So that's the top four. Well, see, you have just demonstrated in these last five minutes, in your description of that, my identification of authenticity. Now, I got a sense of it in working with you. There's a sense of this person is real. But you've articulated. So first of all, let me just reiterate back what I have heard that would lead me to define you as an authentic leader. First of all, you're clear about your values. And you're comfortable enough with yourself to be guided by those values as opposed to just the value of being popular and making an income. Um, oh. So you are you have a defining inner what I call an inner compass. 
that says, this guides my decisions. Now you're clear about your values. You're also comfortable with yourself to where you have no need to impose these values on anybody else. They are your values and they guide your life, but you're comfortable with yourself so that you're teachable and that you're humble and that you're approachable and that you're vulnerable in the whole journey of sharing those values. And, and it's, though, that gets exhibited, Linda, in everything you do. And I am very curious at this point. And by the way, I must say um, that, you know, you mentioned we could go on for three hours, and I would love to go on for three hours. Um, we have, I've had feedback that these, these podcasts should be 15 minutes. and Let's get people in and out because, you know, yeah. we're, we're very rushed today. And I intentionally balk against that because I want leaders who listen to this to stop and take the time to be reflective. We just don't give ourselves that opportunity. We are so rushed today. So I am grateful. And we won't keep you here for three hours. But <laughs> unfortunately, because I know I would love to hear that, more of your story. But what I want to spend this last 10 or 15 minutes speaking about, however long it, it, we last, is how did you come to this sense of authenticity that you just exude in your life? How did you, where did you get this realness from? What were some of your defining moments? What's your story? What would you share with the listeners? I know you, you, I'm sure you can't share, you don't have the time to share your whole story, but are there some defining moments, some, some crucible, if you will, op, uh, learning experiences that you had that made you who you are today? I, the, the very first one that comes to mind was when I was probably five, and I did not remember this story. My grandmother told me this story, where apparently I was on a trike in the back lane at their house, and there was a woman going through the garbage, and I asked her why. I was five or six, I can't remember. And she said, I'm hungry. So I said, well, come with me. My grandmother will feed you. So I took her into my grandmother's kitchen. And um, I am my grandmother's granddaughter. She sat her down at the table and made her breakfast and had a conversation with her. And then the woman left with her bags. And my grandmother said to me, you, my dear, are going to make a difference. And that's what I remember. You, my dear, are going to make a difference in this world. And I might have heard that from her, I don't know how many times, maybe even a hundred over the years. But she said that was the day she knew that I was there to make a difference. And I think that's, that has been my guiding purpose, and I think she started it. I also think, you know, I grew up in a family of six kids. That's a tribe almost, you know? You just, you have to look after each other or you can't survive. And my dad was loving, but he was quick to fire and quick to swing. I was the eldest, so I spent my younger years protecting and listening and 
And I think he gave me the gift of intuition and that gift of knowing who I wanted to be and who I didn't want to be. I loved the loving part of him, but I didn't love the quick fire part of him. So I knew who I wanted to be as a result of living with him and knowing that loving side was always there. So I was determined to only choose love and not anger. And certainly I've experienced anger, but I've also um, had a son who was 10 pounds at 10 months and actually in Calgary. And he was labeled with failure to thrive. And he's alive today, he's 44, and has a weight problem, which is so funny after being 10 pounds at 10 months. And I learned resilience and tenacity and the power of just sort of picking yourself up, dusting yourself out and starting all over again. That that need to be who you were and be, and follow through on what you believed. I believed they would find an answer. I believed that it was something they could fix. And I wasn't going to let go until he either passed or they found the solution. And I think that tenacity to be true to me and do it my way um, has served me well over the years. And from a business perspective, certainly. I mean, any entrepreneur in Alberta knows that um, there are good years and bad years. And I think the first downturn just about did me in completely. And I closed doors and decided to retire. I thought, this, this game is not for me. And a year later was back in business, um, again, doing leadership training and added coaching to the mix. And a couple of downturns later, we're stronger and smarter and wiser than we ever were. And I think it's the relationships and the trust that has carried me through in business because People know that whether they're dealing with me in 1998 or 2020, the values are the same. My approach is the same. I've learned a lot along the way. I bring more value, I'm sure. But I still am who I am, and we approach our business with authenticity every single day. And I like who I am. I think that's... Probably the biggest part of it. I like the results that come when I'm being Linda Mall. I I'm not perfect. I mean uniquely imperfect is what I suggest. But I like who I am. You know, I'm fascinated by your grandmother's story. Because <laughs> uh, because it it almost seems as though, you know, did your grandmother give you that? Or did she just shine a light on what was already there? Because it's very possible. It's very possible that one of your siblings might not have had the same passion toward making a difference and would have missed the message. What is your take on that? I don't 
don't know the answer, David. I, I, I think it comes back to we're uniquely us. And mm -hmm. so that says another human being may not have had the same message or heard the same message or heard it as loudly. Um, I, I, somebody else may not have brought that poor woman into their grandmother's kitchen. I mean, I'm not sure I'd do that today. I'd, I'd probably go and check with my grandmother first, right? I mean, she's since passed, but, but I might approach it differently today than I did then. But in my naive five or six year old mind, she was hungry, my grandmother had food, why wouldn't she feed her, right? I, so I don't know, I don't know the answer. I, I do know it is who I am. It is at the, that caring piece is at the core of me. I care about human beings. That's why I do the work I do. And I couldn't do the work I do if I wasn't living authentically. Because who's gonna hire a coach that says, hey, you should do this if she's not doing it. I mean, that doesn't add up. Absolutely. So if you take those, those two movies of your life, the journey with your son, with the story with your grandmother, what is the lesson that we could, that we could all glean from in making a difference in the world? Be who you are every single day of your life. Just be who you are. Trust that the decisions you make are going to be true for you. And, and learn from your mistakes along the way, for sure. Admit when you're wrong. But trust who you are. Don't try to be somebody else. I love you, David. I, I have a lot of respect for who you are as a leader, but I do not want to be David. <laughs> I, I will serve the world better just being Linda. Just be real. Well, you inspire me to be more of who I am. And, Thank you. Uh, you know, there's so many voices in this world that push us to meet other people's expectations. You know, how many voices are there about what success should look like for us? Mm -hmm. You know, what, what, we sh what kind of house we should live in, what clothes we should wear, what books we should read, um, what products we should purchase. And there's very few voices in this world that guide us to our own voice. And to me, Linda, this is who you are, is that you, at the core of who you are is obviously this caring person, but you really, in your coaching, are so committed to guide people to their own voice. Because that's in a place that then gives you a reason to be accountable. When you're being accountable, that's ultimately what maturity is, is, is uh, being who you are. It's that simple and it's that complex, huh? Right. And, I mean, I, I can't say that I do this any better than than anybody else. I'm just able to voice it maybe because of the work I get to do. So I think there I meet many leaders who lead authentically. 
and I meet many leaders who care a whole lot about their people and the work that they do. But I just get to talk about it, and I get to help others do it. That's a gift. And it is, a, in my mind, to come to that place of authenticity and realness, it is what I call the journey down, or that journey to the other Everest, the journey that goes to the bottom of the earth, not to the top of the earth. And uh, is there anything, just in conclusion, that you could say about that journey down for you and how that's guided you to be who you are? You've really kind of alluded to it today and, and touched on it. Is there anything else that you would like to say about that? That it's, it, it isn't just about successes that we learn from. We learn through the stumbling and through the failures and through the, some of the suffering that we've had to face in our life. Your, I, I bet your son was a great teacher, has been a great teacher for you over the years. Oh my, my goodness, and continues to be, both of them actually, that's the joy of having children. <laughs> I think you know that from your daughters. They teach you every day, and the grandchildren now teach me too. Um, but I think if I were to look back on my whole life, it's been about relationships, conversations, shared values, uh, a willingness to look at different ways of thinking, staying curious, building trust. That, And I, I think that personal resiliency and tenacity all help to keep us whole and to be doing the work we're here to do on Earth. And it's different for all of us. But I think if you can bring your unique package to the world consistently, our world would be a better place. Well, thank you, Linda, for the work you do, for your authentic, accountable presence. I, I'll tell you, we, I could go on for a lot longer. Is there anything <laughs> further that I have not asked you? about your journey and about your philosophy or your approach to coaching or leadership? Anything else? Any concluding thoughts that you want to just leave the list, our listeners with today? And it, I don't think it's... The message really is for others, not for me. Just that if you live your life just as you were meant to live it with your heart and your soul, your mind and, and full of love, and just walk authentically, your life will be rich and full and something you treasure. And I get to do that every day. Wow. You've created an amazing life for yourself and uh, makes such a difference in the world. Thank you for what you, you are, for who you are and what you do. And for, Thank you, for the most nourishing conversation today. Now, listen, before I let you go, how can people get a hold of you? Well, uh, we have a website, accountabilitybydesign.com. My phone number is 780-668-9481. And you can text on that number as well. And my email is linda at accountabilitybydesign.com. And I am sitting today in Palm Springs in the sunshine and 17 degrees, but I promise I will return calls and emails. 
That's great. Well, thank you. Thank you for sending a little of your warmth uh, up here <laughs> to Canada. I feel uh, warmer just spending this time with you today. It has been an absolute honor. Thank you so much for your presence. Thank you, David. I'm humbled. Enjoy.